What it do, DMV, episode 12 of Chirpin' DMV. We are back after an extended little break there. It was 4th of July week. Brando, the producer, decided to go out of town. Brando, what's happening? How was your uh, trip? Oh, it was a great time in Myrtle Beach. Uh, just sat on the beach, got drunk all day, every day. I couldn't complain. Hot dog, what a time. Kyle, what's up, baby? How was your 4th uh, of July? It was good, buddy. Had some uh, family over, hung out by the water. It was a great time. Got to play some roller hockey over the weekend with my boy AB. I mean, can't beat it. Speaking of hot dogs, did you guys obviously watch the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Challenge? But besides that, there was a 30 for 30 between Joey Chestnut and um, Ooh, I Kobayashi. I didn't get to it see it. It was so tight. A 30 for 30 on 30 hot dogs? 30 for 30 on Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi uh, doing the hot dog eating and how they train and everything. But, A.B., what's up, A.B.? A.B. is here with us. Uh, what's up, boys? Uh, I had to call in this this week because I'm in Baltimore. Baltimore, how was the holiday weekend? Oh, man. Where do I start? Um, well, let's start with so the 4th of July, actually, because <laughs> yeah. I have a we'll, not a we'll beef that I want to that I want to squirrel a little bit, but let's let's get started with that one. All right, so 4th of July, um, you know, go to work for about mm, an hour. And then I was like, yeah, no one's here. All right, I'll dip out. Head up to Eldersburg for the weekend. And uh, we started off with a nice little uh, Chick-fil-A nugget challenge. Mm-hmm. Tell the people. Got a 200-nugget pl- uh, platter for uh, my boy Max Grauman. He really wanted to get 200 in an hour. No fucking shot. So he one hour, two hundred nuggets. One hour, he hit seventy-four. Oh, see that's and then that's when John, Johnny Boy was on Face or not on Facetime, but was on Instagram Live and Snapchatting yep. it. And I want to officially announce my challenge to that. Maybe one weekend at the Bay House when we're over in Ken Island. But I want to officially announce my challenge. I will be taking on uh max and i will beat those 74 nuggets in an hour so let's do it baby all right i I gotta tell you first 10 minutes he was on a great pace he was at 55 and 10 minutes and then he just hit a he hit a fucking wall well i was watching it um i got a i I started to think of some strategy so i got a good idea of what i'm going to do here was was there sauce was there some sauce involved there was sauce involved. See, I think sauce can uh, slither it down a little bit better. But I, I think I sat there, thought of a little bit of a good strategy. I, like I said, we watched that thirty for thirty on Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut, and that was basically Banana Lands. And I have, you know, I got some thoughts of how I'm going to do this. But besides that, how was the uh, the rest of the weekend? Okay, so uh, we'll go. We'll move on to Friday. Okay, let's take a day by day. Well, uh, <laughs> we woke up a little hungover, and by a little hungover, we were super hungover, not feeling great. But uh, Jim is still, you know, he's still pretty much tanked from the day before. Decides to uh, take us all to uh, the main event in Columbia. So it's three 25-year-olds going to the main event where there's bowling, laser tag, and an arcade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the middle of July, right after July 4th, just a shit ton of 7- and Mm 8-year-olds and three 25-year-olds just carrying around buckets of beer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you take that with a grain of salt because, I mean, if the the kids are there, you know, maybe the moms are with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they were they were around, they were around. But, uh... And um, then we uh, so we go and play laser tag, right? Mm-hmm. And it's they did uh, two teams or no four teams of two, so it was me and Jim, Max and Johnny, and then the rest of the teams were a bunch of uh, you know eight or eight or nine year olds. Mm-hmm. So and this the green team, we were the red team, me and Jim. This this little short green team just started chasing us around 
and were lighting us the fuck up the entire the entire she game. Was getting smoked by these nerds. Yeah. Um, and Jim just turns around, yells at the seven year old, said, "Motherfucker, I will pistol whip you across the face if you chase me one more time." <laughs> just yelling at seven year olds. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, there it is. Uh, laser tag, some Chick Fil A stories. Uh, anything else happen with your weekend? Oh yeah, we won like oh. four jackpots at the arcade. Oh, I saw you guys got the uh, you bought a LED sign for the the outdoor the pool bar. Oh yeah, cheddars. tickets. Cheddars. Yeah, cheddars. But uh, yeah, there there it is. There's AB's weekend in a nutshell. I didn't do nothing too crazy. You know, hit the boat, um, and then Friday went up to DC because uh, Loken's old turbo was in town from. Uh, pilot school so we went up to dc and stayed at dj's house and that's never a good idea so went to the uh one of the best bars up there in my opinion madame's oregon that's a nice little like four-story bar up there go and get lit up woke up not feeling great uh plan to go to baltimore with uh ab the next day on saturday kind of good thing those plans got canceled due to some uh interesting circumstances but yeah that's about it bench watch stranger things uh during the rainstorm and there it is so boys let's finally get into some hockey talk we've missed uh, quite a lot so let's start with this we've had a couple people retire uh over our break let's start with brooks orpic our guy brooks orpic two-time stanley cup champion 15 seasons 1035 games 332 of them with our washington capitals and of course winning that cup with us in 2018 um absolute legend of the game came in really changed the culture here in dc played a huge role in, in that championship run uh incredible teammate from what everybody's heard inside and out of locker room kyle what are your thoughts on it uh, definitely hurts. Uh, he's definitely a good locker room guy. Like you said, he brought that different worth e- work ethic and culture to the team. Uh, I mean, I love the goal he had against Vegas and the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, That's baby. like one of my favorite memories of him. Uh, it sucks, but I'm glad he's going out kind of on top, just a year behind. I mean, he got to play his one last year, and I think he's going out good still. Yeah, definitely was battling some Body's injuries there towards the end of his career. Made the decision to hang him up due to the pain, he was saying. So, uh, A.B., thoughts on old Batia retiring? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we kind of gave him a hard time throughout the regular season for, for the past couple of years because, I mean, he, he's just old. I mean, 82 games for mm-hmm. someone that old is just it's tough to fight through. But this the guy just battles every fucking day. I mean – He's, and that's that's what we got him for, and we got him for his winning culture. I mean, he kind of brought the winning ways with him when he came from Pittsburgh along with Niskanen. I mean, the guy blocked probably a billion shots in his career. I mean, he's just the perfect guy that you want on your back end. Yeah, there it is. So maybe Batya take a couple years off, come on back to D.C. because I think uh, Coach Brooks has a pretty good ring to it. Um, former Capital legend, the Paralyzer, Matt Hendricks, boys, also retired. Great third-line guy for us uh, when he was here in D.C. Gritty and rugged as hell, ton of speed. And obviously those penalty shots were completely absurd. Filthy. Came down flying, would kick that leg up, uh, work like a charm every time our – uh, the T.J. Oshi before we had T.J. Oshi who was tucking all those penalty for shots sure. for us. So we'll start back with A.B. again. Thoughts on the paralyzer retiring? Dude, it was just so funny watching him go down, taking penalty shots and shootouts, and just fucking tossing these goalies jocks in the corner like they're nothing, dude. He's just sniping all of them. Just fucking forehand, backhand, left kick. Yeah, he'd come in with time. a ton of speed and just, like, kick that one leg, the little kick start, ying, and then it pop, came, pop. It came out of nowhere, too. Like, it was just like... It, it happened like he got a penalty shot in one game and 
froze the goalie to death. And then after that, we were like, all right, well, we've got to use him for the rest Everybody of the year. Everybody was like, whoa. <laughs> so, Kyle, the paralyzer, uh, thoughts on him and his time here in D.C. that he had? I loved him here in D.C. He always gave 110%. Uh, it's kind of a guy you need. I mean, he was – he you could put him anywhere, and he would work his hardest to do what was best for the team. Um, glad he's retiring, and hopefully a good future for him. Yeah, so the last one we have here is Twitter legend, all-time great goalie, Roberto Luongo, old Bobby Lou, 19 seasons in the NHL, 40-year-old, had 489 career wins, which is good for third all-time behind Brodeur and Patty Wah, and of course announced his retirement uh, in a jokeful manner on Twitter like he is known to do, saying he was taking his talents to a South Beach retirement home. So Kyle, we'll start with you again on this one. Thoughts on, you know, Bobby Lou. Roberto Luongo, uh, the great goalie that he was for you know twenty years in the NHL, and him uh, leaving the game. Yeah, definitely, it's gonna it's gonna hurt the game. He's such a funny guy on and off the ice. Uh, seeing him in All Star games, he was always joking around, good spirit. Uh, but you know, comes a time for every player, and uh, Florida's got their goalie still, so it's not gonna hurt them. Well, just got their goalie, and we'll get into that here soon. So, AB, th- any thoughts on uh, Bobby Lou? You know, it's it's funny. Like he he got a lot of shit all like throughout his entire career for never winning a cup. I mean, he had his shots with Vancouver, uh, but I mean, if you look at his stats, they're they're unreal throughout his entire career. And he played till he's forty years old. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer for sure. And uh, it's just you know, it's I'm glad he uh, retired in Florida, and because uh, that's where he's always wanted to be. He had that special moment with the uh, with the Florida shooting a couple of years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Where um, it got he got real and... emotional on the ice uh, before the game, and uh, yeah, he's just a all around. He's a great guy, uh, according to everyone in the NHL. I mean, everyone that's talked to, about him or talked to him, yeah, they say they love him. All righty, well, that's it. So let's kind of go around the league here and all the free agent frenzy and trades that we missed, and then we'll take a little bit of a deep dive um, into the Capitals' uh, offseason moves. So. Here we will start with what Kyle mentioned. Sergey Bobrovsky signed with the Florida Panthers, seven years, seventy million, so ten million a year, and that just completely screwed us with hoping next year. So, AB thoughts on Bobrovsky going to Florida, which we kind of figured would happen, but for that much money, uh, we didn't think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I really hope that Holpe takes, like, doesn't sign for ten million a year because we will not be able to afford him. He kind of just screwed the entire market mm-hmm. doing that, and. I've seen a lot of articles saying how the the salary cap itself is kind of screwing over the NHL, which, I mean, you can argue that it is. You can also, like, there's the argument that it's not because it's spreading out all the talent. It's making all these teams have a shot. There's so many teams in the NHL right now that have a shot to win the Stanley Cup, Mm -hmm. like a legitimate shot. Yeah, a lot of rebuilding just went on over the past two weeks. Yeah, so, I I mean, I think the salary cap obviously helps, but this isn't a case where it's going to hurt the Caps. But, yeah, Sergey Bobrovsky to Florida with Joel Quenville. I mean, all they really needed was goaltending last year because Roberto Luongo was hurt all year. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just got it. So they're going to be they're gonna be a legit playoff contender. Yeah, and plus knowing we have Samsonov and uh, Vanacek in, the, in our system, both who have uh, high NHL potential. So, and I mean, obviously we need to re-sign Backstrom next year. So, Kyle, the thought is we got to assume this is Holpe's last season in D.C. So what do we do if that's the case? We try to trade him before the deadline or see where we are standings-wise, make, you know, one more hard push at a cup or, you know, just play out the year, let him walk, and, you know, help potentially go even to Seattle in that expansion draft. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to get get some from him than letting him go to Seattle. But uh, 
I don't know who would trade for him, even if if they could have the money. Because that's tough. You got to find a team that's willing to, look to at. drop I, near ten million for him. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. That Vancouver definitely screws, screws us trying to get Holpe back. I'm going to say that he's going to be gone, and we're going to go with one of the younger guys after this year. Yeah, I mean, I think Vancouver comes to mind, but you just got to think of, uh, yeah, Holpe's numbers and pretty much at least playoff numbers are all better than Bobrovsky's, and regular season numbers are right there with them. So next one, Matt Duchesne to Smashville, seven mil, seven years, eight mil a year. Uh, we kind of figured that would happen after PK uh, went to New Jersey. So, A.B., thoughts on Duchesne uh, loading up on that Nashville offense? I mean, you figured it was going to end up there. I mean, the guy can, guy's a country singer, plays the guitar. <laughs> he's yeah, been perfect, he's been a country boy fit. his entire life. So, uh, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna fill in that uh that top role, that top line center role, pretty well over there. Ryan Johansson's uh might slide in at number one or number two. I mean, they got a great one-two punch right there in the middle. That's yeah, gonna be good. And Kyle, you think that addition could potentially get them back to uh, the Stanley Cup where they haven't been in a couple years? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They've they've taken some tough losses and changes. Uh, losing PK might hurt him a little bit, but uh, Duchesne's definitely a player that can game change. We saw him do it in Columbus when he took over a couple times. Uh, so it just kind of shows uh, that he does have that kind of performance that he might be able to do it. Dude, I think that if Duchesne, if you slide in Duchesne with uh, Arvidsson, that could be an unreal line. Yeah, could be jumping. Um, my personal favorite are my team of the offseason so far in these two moves, the Dallas Stars getting Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry. Uh, I thought that Corey Perry thing or that pickup, that signing was absolutely uh, awesome because you could slot him in as a third uh, third line winger and he could probably pot you like 20-plus goals. Um, so, yeah, both off to Dallas, which, you know, they could maybe potentially be a cup favorite. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, you, they lost in Game 7 to the Blues this year in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, very good team. Uh, well, Kyle, what are your thoughts on them? Well, you see, they, they already have, like, a deep veteran group with uh, mm-hmm. Sagan, Ben, and that's kind of what they went Brad with. They, they, they added a couple more veteran guys. I think they're just going to make a push for it. They got uh, Ben defense. Bishop in that. Yeah, Maybe that's what they wanted. They didn't want to bring some young guys in who don't really know playoff culture and all that they wanted some veterans that can come in and score them big goals yeah ab yeah they could be they they could be dangerous next year and uh, i might look at their odds on the on a future <laughs> yeah, here pretty I was about soon. To say, I mean, not a bad little bet right there yeah because i mean they they filled in their top six i think i mean they were one of the best defensive teams last year and they have superstars on forward so i mean I don't know that. I, I just see more goals coming from them with Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, uh, Jamie Ben. He's a stud. I mean, they, they have a stacked roster right now uh, with the additions of uh, Joe P. and Corey Perry. Mm-hmm, for sure. So let's take a look at the Metro Division, the Caps rivals, a couple teams making moves. It seems like the New York Rangers just completely went from awful to a possible playoff team next year. Um, we obviously know they drafted Capo Caco, but Panarin. Panarin to the rags, so our division does get tougher. And, you know, they like I said, they just turned their franchise around in about two weeks, it seems like. So he's making a bit close to $12 million a year, though. So maybe your thoughts on Panarin uh, as a blue shirt? Yeah, that really sucks. I really hate when the Rangers are good, uh-huh. and they might, be, they might be good. I don't know if they're going to jump. Like, I don't know if they're immediately playoff contender, but, I mean, they're definitely – I mean, they'll, they'll fight for a wild card spot for sure with Panarin, uh, Capo, Kako, and – um, they have a, a couple of other Russian guys that I've never heard of their names, but from uh, talking to some Ranger, uh, supposed to be some friends, some studs. Yeah, they're supposed to be really good players. So we'll see what happens there. They got their they got a guy in Jacob Truba that could 
uh, filling a, a hole on defense for them. And then I mean, all of a sudden, got... with the turnaround of the team, you don't think about getting rid of Hank anymore so we can go win a cup because he might have a nope. good team for a couple of years in front of him. So, Kyle, the other team, our other rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I think have almost gotten worse um, this offseason. But the big one there, Phil Kessel traded to Arizona, which now makes me an Arizona fan because I already like them in general, but feel the thrill there. That gives Arizona an elite goal scorer finally. But Pittsburgh in return gets Galchenyuk and Alfred Joseph. Um, solid player in Galchenyuk. I mean, he was good in the Montreal um, I, he's a guy that they can probably put on the wing with Crosby, and he'll score 120 points. But there's that. So, Kyle, thoughts on the pins? Yeah, it was really like they, they wanted to get Kessel out of there. I mean, they already tried to trade earlier in the year, and that got denied by Phil the Thrill. But I, I don't I don't know why. Some people are saying that he's a cancer. Uh, maybe he is a locker room cancer. I don't know why they really wanted to get rid of him. But uh, that, that kind of sucks. But yeah, Chinyak, I, mean, I think I think – the trade is fair for Pittsburgh. I think they're getting two good players in return with a little, little yeah. bit of maybe work ethic than Phil. So maybe that's what, what they won. I like I like that Alex Galchenyuk a lot. If he plays the Crosby, it could be his breakout year next year. I, even if he doesn't, it could be his breakout year. I mean, if it, it seems like that's what players tend to do when they go to Pittsburgh. They just, they just kind of shine because they, they're playing with one of the best players in the world. But um, as for Phil... I don't think it's it's that he's a team cancer because uh, I don't know if you guys listen to Chicklets, but like he, um, their last interview, he was saying how Phil was like one of the glue guys in the locker room. Yeah, like he's, he's the one that kept everything light. lighting it up. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. So last one we'll talk about uh, before we get into the caps is Tyson Berry to Toronto, Nazem Kadri yeah. uh, to Colorado. Damn, obviously, there's a this lot. This is huge. There's I obviously think. a lot more that went into that trade, but those are the two names that you know make a deal. Toronto fans displeasure with Kadri over the last couple of years um obviously with his antics in the playoffs and everything but yeah it's big for Toronto getting Tyson Berry a solid D finally man. getting there uh-huh. they're gonna have a number one D pairing next year that's yes. huge and sure. I don't think the loss of Kadri is gonna hurt them in the scoring department or anything and uh no, I don't think they so. sign when they sign minor they got a, a good squad and all talking about Kadri still I think he's gonna help the Avs out who are gonna be really good yeah so sticking with the Avs AB our boy Andre Burakovsky is off to Colorado. The rumors um, or the speculation of two years uh, have now been uh, held true. He is gone. He has traded to Colorado for two draft picks and a minor leaguer. So, like we said, the rumors are now over with. Our sweet child Andre is done in D.C. Um, he obviously struggled a bit uh, with some injury and staying healthy and staying in that lineup for a couple of years. I mean, he guy with bright flashes um but did have some awful tendencies that would creep back up you know wasn't overly strong on the puck in the corners uh tendency to hold on to it a little long entering the zone which could lead to turnovers uh but you know wicked snapshots scored some huge goals for us uh we'll never forget that game seven versus tampa uh ab like me uh we've both said some bad things about andre in the past but also some good things but so uh what are your overall thoughts on it in his time in his career here in dc yeah, I think I think you pretty much covered it all. I mean, like we've always kind of ragged on him, and it's it's funny. As soon as I rag on him, about two seconds later, he'll go and score a goal. So yep. like, yep, always that's, happens. That's, that's, that's well, that's what, what happened. happened on that one. What was it uh, in the playoffs two years ago when we made that championship run? You were tweeting about him, and then he scored I, that same game. I, yeah, literally, I think I tweeted, "God damn it, I hate Burkowski until he scores two goals in the next game." And then he got scratched the next game, but then he came back in Game Seven and scored two goals. Yeah. And this game seven. So yeah, I mean, like you said, the highs are high, the lows are low. So Kyle, I mean, but hold on, let me let me add one more thing. Um, 
he could possibly score like 30 goals next year. If oh, he plays yeah, it's just it's just a right fit. And if you find this confidence, well, he yeah, was never going to get top six minutes with us, uh, especially nope. once Verona came in and established himself as a stud. So he was yeah. never going to be more than a bottom six guy. But like you said, he put him in a good situation. If, if he can figure out how to knock at his shot blocks every time he tries to release it in Colorado, someone has that's the only issue that he's had. He's Every time he winds up for a shot, it somehow gets blocked. Mm-hmm. If he can figure out how to get away, get away from that and put pucks on net, that guy's going to score a lot of goals. When, when, he, he, can. when he gets going, he's coming right to left, and he just quicks that uh, snapshot up top right. It's whoo, it's pretty. Yes. Yeah, if it's he wants pretty. a little help with that, all he's got to do is call uh, Adam Oates. He'll straighten yep. up. Yeah. He's got to pay some bucks to Adam Oates and uh, best – this coach out there yeah so burrow actually did request uh to be traded so gmbm came out afterwards and said they did plan to keep berkey on uh, that third line winger role uh for this season but you know i can understand where he's coming from like we mentioned you need a he's the ki- type of guy that i think a, a change of scenery can uh truly help and he'll go to colorado and i think flourish on a very good and up-and-coming uh colorado avalanche team yeah, he's going to be in the playoffs for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. again. <laughs> so another third-line loss, our boy Brent Connolly uh, off to Florida. That team is stacking, stacking up. Uh, four-year deal, this is what kind of pisses me off, that 3.5 a year. Um, everyone was saying he'd be priced out of us, you know, up around 4 possibly $5 million, and then we see him sign for that 3.5. That's tough to see, but obviously we are very, very tight on um, cap space. Uh, but it is what it is. He gets he gets added to what seems to be, a, like we said, a rapidly growing and potentially dangerous now Florida team. So, Kyle, uh, Brent Connolly is gone. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too mad about it. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's going to hurt us too much. Um, he wanted more money. He got more money. Obviously, like you're saying, not exactly what we were thinking, but yeah. that's probably the, the most he got and uh, for the nice tenure, and that's what he took. And on a good team, he'll go and provide that right. leadership on a – solid Florida team that and you got to look last time when he got he just came to the caps that's when he kind of re re visualized his game or however you mm-hmm. want to say it so, so AB, maybe that'll do it Kano yeah so um I can't I haven't I can't tell where he's gonna play on in there like he, he, he's not in the top six I don't think uh, I'd have right? to look at their lineup I mean I don't have it in front of me I didn't really look into it once he got traded there but I'd, I I would probably say third line uh depending on what happens I could see him slotting then into a second line wing spot depending on how things go down there yeah, I'm. I'm just not too familiar with the entire uh, Florida Panthers lineup, so I just don't know who he's going to be playing with down there, and if they're going to help him out at all. I mean, he's playing. He's playing with Lars Eller, who's a pretty solid third line center, who's giving mm-hmm. him goals. So I mean, we'll see how many he scores. I I don't know. That's. I think it's a kind of yeah. a weird move to be honest, but. Sucks to see him gone, but, you know, it's a business and it is what it is. So, speaking of somebody else being gone, not as big as a name, but Nathan Walker off to the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. I mean, I always enjoyed Walker. Uh, he was obviously always an emergency player for us, um, especially in that Stanley Cup run where he was just kind of waiting in the wings. I mean, always came in, uh, always played hard, a uh, little kangaroo. Um, first Australian-born guy to score a point in the NHL playoffs, but I mean, like I said, he's off to the Blues, and we'll never forget that. I mean, when he came in in Game 6 in Pittsburgh, I mean, he had the assist on that that, that lone regulation goal right, to, yeah. to chase, and, and then we won it in overtime, so Kyle, we'll start with you. Uh, the kangaroo is gone. Yeah, not much to say. I mean, we did. I didn't think he'd push into the lineup this year. He's probably getting a better chance with St. Louis, so good on him. A.B.? Yeah, it's, uh, we'll see We'll see how he does there. I, think, I don't know if he'll... Uh, it's going to be hard to squeak into that lineup over there i mean alex steen is is on a fourth line for god's sake so uh we'll see what he does i mean he was always a feisty player for us which i love i mean 
you know me, I love those small feisty players that we got. They could play a little bit like me back when I was uh, playing in high school and stuff. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how he does. So, and then also a little bit of arbitration news. Uh, Stevenson more than likely gone. He filed for arbitration, and so did Christian Juice. On the other hand, I mean, we do have four point three million left. Uh, most of that will have to go to Verona, obviously, and then some to Juice if we decide to keep him. But you know, he had some injury last year and didn't get much play time. But in that Cup round, uh, in my opinion, I thought he was a uh, very essential player to that. But I mean, Stevenson, come on. I know you think you're worth more, which is what <laughs> happens when you file for arbitration, but. Not to us. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's just trying. He's trying, trying to get a little extra money. I mean, when you're only making that like that little money, you need every yeah. every dime counts at that point. It's not like it's. It's not like Mojo trying to like signing for four and a half to like five. You know what I'm saying? Like he's. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get every single dime he can get, I think, at this point. I thought actually speaking of Mojo, he was a little underpaid in my opinion. Going what was it four and a half to Buffalo? I would agree. Yep. So let's 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 hit these uh, signings. Let's hit the signings here that the Caps got. So we'll start with uh, Brendan uh, Leipzig. Leipzig, I think that is. So one year deal, left winger from the Kings. Nothing too crazy here. He's going to be a fourth line fill guy. Uh, anybody got thoughts on that? Uh, I saw some highlights of him. He looked like a decent player. Could handle the puck. He could skate. I mean, he's an NHL player trying to mm-hmm. prove himself. So exactly. So, and then right after that, former Calgary Flame, Garnet Hathaway. This one's a four-year, uh, $1.5 million a year signing. Tough player, gritty guy, fighter, big hits, and uh, just came off his best season at 11 goals and 19 points. Uh, he'll be a fourth-liner for us, too. Uh, apparently a great penalty killer, so yeah. that adds more to it. And it puts a uh, third true fighter in our lineup with Wilson and Gudos, and now gives the Caps four of last season's or four of last season's top 30 hitters in the league. Yeah, so, that's AP, what I saw thoughts too. on that? Just GMBM going after another big guy, following that uh, St. Louis Blues route with the uh, the big the big guys for uh, Stanley Cup uh, yeah, playoffs. for sure. So I think I think he'll be a good player. And then quote unquote uh, our biggest signing, uh, Richard Panic from Arizona, the third line winger we needed four years at two point seven five a year, um, fourteen goals, thirty three points last season, three seasons removed from his career best at twenty two goals. Uh, apparently, he has tremendous defensive upside. Uh, I believe it's a very good signing and should excel on that third line. So, I mean, thoughts on that, how we're looking? I mean, I'll give you guys kind of quick projected lineups for next season. So you have Obi Kuzi Wilson, Vrana Backstrom Oshie, Haglin Eller Panic, uh, Leipzig Doubt, and Hathaway on the offense there. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I like uh, I like the Panic signing. I think he adds a little bit to that third line with Haglin and Eller not really being huge hitters. I think Panic, he's a little more of a physical guy. He'll grind in the corners for him. So uh, I think that's a huge signing, and I, I like our lineup next year. Yeah, so it should be solid. A.B., what are your thoughts on everything? Um, I read something. Uh, Panic and Kempney were really good friends, so he, he really wanted to come. He, that was one of the reasons he really wanted to come, and we gave him some term. So I think he really appreciated that. I don't think he was getting a lot of term offers. No. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um We'll see how he does. He's I coming mean, into a good line with um, Haglin and Eller already on it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if if he can, if he knows how to finish, maybe he can be just just like Conley, get twenty goals for us. Maybe that'd be. That's all I'm asking for. I mean, that's a lot to ask for, but. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, with all that being said, that kind of wraps it all up in terms of uh, everything we missed over the past couple of weeks. So, we'll kick it over to our interview right now. We've got the captain of the Capital Beltway Warriors hockey team. Very cool story, um, Joey Martell. So, let's let's shoot it on over there. 
All right, guys, we now welcome on Joey Martell, the captain of the Capital Beltway Warriors. Joey, what's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. So we'll start there. Kind of tell us about the Capital Beltway Warriors. I mean, who's on the team, the goal of the team, kind of the overall mission of it? Absolutely. Uh, so it's all comprised of, of, of uh, disabled veterans and actual just veterans that don't have a disability. So we have uh, a mixture of both those that were wounded and then those that have served honorably. Um, this program accepts all levels, so there are no tryouts. So regardless of skill level, uh, whether it's a first timer or for somebody that's been playing a while, if they served and they got out honorably or a general discharge, um, they can come on out and we don't charge anything. So when they uh, when they join up, um, there are no heavy administrative fees. So we take that into account. We bring all the skill levels and players. And what we do is we just we make sure that we continue the camaraderie from what we learned in the military, regardless of, of uh, service branch or whatnot, um, regardless of any rank. Everybody comes together. And uh, that is the number one charter of this program. So it's not about winning on the scoreboard. It's about winning as friends and bringing the camaraderie back from former military folks regardless of uh, service branch. So we this this organization has been around since 20, uh, 2017. I joined up at the end of 2017. Um, it is incorporated. It's a, uh, a 501c3 uh, organization. So it's a non it's, it's recognized as a nonprofit. Now, what does that mean? That means that this program is allowed and sanctioned under USA Hockey, and it's recognized under the USA Hockey Disabled Warrior Program as a nonprofit, which means that they are allowed to participate and play in the USA Hockey Disabled Warrior events, which happen twice a year. Awesome. Yep. So, so you, yeah. So you mentioned uh, yeah. all that. Um, now, do you guys only play, you know, tournaments and charity games, or do you play in, say, like an officially sanctioned men's league uh, anywhere? Yeah, we um, we did play. Uh, we did one season uh, in Prince William Ice Center. Uh, it was last season. It was last fall that uh, the guys uh, got together and played in the uh, the C level. Uh, they didn't do so hot because of uh, the injuries and the, the, the competitiveness of it. Uh, they didn't do so well, but they went out and they played. They tried to do it and test the waters. And I think they since realized they're going to stick within the Disabled Warrior Program. So we did it once. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll probably do it again, but um, we have plenty of ice time during each month uh, to continue the program for what we have. Awesome. And then there's also the charity games you guys do. You play a ton. I mean, just recently there was you guys was Coast Guard, uh, the U.S. Warriors Ice Hockey, and then even Congress. So kind of explain right. these charity events. Um, how yep. Who is it benefiting? What does it benefit? And kind of what all is offered there? Because I know you guys make kind of a big deal about it. Uh, you try to get as much people out there. Uh, kind of what all right. goes on at the rink during one of these events. Yeah, so a typical nonprofit organization, it's it's a charity as we go. So, um, of, of course, at any nonprofit, they're looking for the donations. All of this donation that we do receive goes directly to ice time. Ninety-five percent of this goes to ice time. So that's what that's what uh, our charter. We offset the costs from the USA Warriors and other organizations is that we hardly don't charge anything because of our sponsorship. So these, these charity games that we do host or play, um, whatever proceeds that we receive from either team literally goes to uh, the program to continue to purchase and pay for more ice time. And we convert that 
those donations into additional exhibition games or charity events. So, and then with sometimes at, uh, at a certain point, we do roll, rotate that money in for obviously for once or twice a month practices. Yeah, so like you mentioned, being a nonprofit and depending on these donations, I mean, looking at your website earlier, it seems like when you guys are fully funded and have that at your expense, you guys, like you said, provide the practices. Um, you even provide some expenses in terms of going on traveling and tournaments and even these social events, uh, which I believe you mentioned you might host like uh, once a month or so. So what kind of social yes. events are you having? Um, kind of what all do you put on? Yep. So um, uh, the Congressional Hockey Team or the Congressional Hockey Challenge uh, – they have been our biggest donor thus far. So recently, uh, we were able to receive a donation from from the congressional team of twenty five thousand dollars. Oh wow! So what that yeah. So what that money does for us, it it provides us the opportunity um, to have practices up to two times a month for the rest of the year. It also allows us to travel to to the two tournaments, like I mentioned earlier, from the USA uh, Hockey Disabled Warrior events, and those are national. So um, we have. Uh, one in, in October coming up, and that'll be in Las Vegas. And then we recently uh, just came back from Tampa, and we, we hosted that one there. And uh, we played that one. And that money, that offsets the travel and expenses for hotel and uh, for flights So and any other expenditures that we have. So like I said, 95% of this all goes back to ice time and getting folks out there regardless of skills. the team. team. And um, so that probably yeah. doesn't include going to Vegas and putting a certain amount on red. Um, so on the right. topic of these tournaments, <laughs> like you mentioned, you guys went to Tampa Bay back in April. And there you yes, won yourselves a national championship in that Warrior Freedom Division. Um, you went 3-0 right. in pool play and then went on to defeat the, defeat the Blackhawk Warriors uh, in the t- championship. I mean, talk us through that entire weekend and just how that was yeah. I mean, playing with all those other disabled teams and then obviously, you know, winning the whole thing. Yep. And th- the nice thing, too, is that we also won the sea level championship in 2018 and we won that in chicago oh awesome so yeah so under our belt we have these what we call the uh, what usa hockey uh for the disabled warriors they're calling it the national level championship so we won it for a sea level and then this one recently in tampa in march we won it for the b level and it's just like men's uh, men's league hockey you have c level and you have b level and i can tell you what um playing most of my life these C-level and B-level Warrior teams are true B-level and C-level teams. They right. are. Um, now, when you play local men's leagues, some of these B-level, I'm sorry, some of these C-level uh, teams have quite a few sprinkles of C of B-level players right, in there. Right, B's got the A's. and Yeah, yep. so, so it's, it's, it's not, but USA Hockey's done a fantastic job making sure that, uh, you know, if you're rated as a C player, you're going to be playing in the C-level. And, uh, so the wins that we had in Tampa was a fantastic win. We we went three and zero. We played Alaska. We played uh, um, Dallas, and then we played um, Chicago. And uh, I, I would say the, the hardest the hardest game was the Chicago game. It was uh, it was chippy. Um, it's just the com- competition of the sport, but um, we did well. And I think and that was for the B level. And it comes down to and there was only ten of us that went. And uh, it comes down to the level play and the uh, right. and the pass work that we did. So, 
Yeah, so you mentioned the chippiness. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute because you guys mentioned you did play in a regular men's league, and with men's league, it's kind of, you know, a lot of crap that goes on. Um, people out there just to, you know, mess around and do whatever. Uh, is there a difference, um, obviously, playing against, you know, these warrior teams because you guys all have similar backgrounds. You're all there for the same reason. Uh, granted, while well, it does get chippy because it is ice hockey and that's how it goes, but, I mean, what's the difference between just that and, you know, playing against a regular men's league team? Um, there's a heck of a lot more chirping in a regular, normal men's league, uh, normal men's league, uh, league itself, you know, but at least from the local areas and within the NCR that I've seen, and even just for growing up, right. a heck of a lot more chirping. Um, most of the guys that play in the warrior league, there's not that much chirping that you normally see. There is chippiness with the stick. Um, I mean, these are combat veterans. Some of these are mm-hmm. standing amputees so they they are aggressive they are and uh sometimes the play gets a little little push and shove but at the end of the game i can tell you one thing the difference between the men's leagues and then from the warrior divisions when we line up for the handshakes they're not just handshakes they're actually hugs yeah and then we're all standing there in the bar at the end and we talk about we talk about the unit we talk about what we did and how we served that's the difference yeah, there's just got to be a whole different, I mean, level of respect. So I guess staying yeah. on that same topic, I mean, kind of talk about, you know, the brotherhood of that type of team. I mean, and that it's completely different than a normal team, whereas you're all service members and you've gone through, you know, multiple things that the rest of people who are playing just hockey have not gone through. I mean, with your military experiences and also how talk about how kind of your military background translate, you know, to the ice and playing. In Absolutely. Game. Well, when you got six minutes left in the third and it's three to two everybody's tired and everybody gives their, you know, gives all their best. At least that's what we expect, right? When we play men's league hockey at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night in a given arena, we would expect that if it's three, if you're down by one with six and a half left, you're going to try to skate hard. I can tell you from men's leagues that I play in, they don't skate as hard as these warriors do. And I think that's what drills into these guys is that these are all these folks, you know, all these men and women went through basic training. They've had their case of the suck, what we call it, and they skate their asses off. And they know that because when they look back at the bench, there's there's this unwritten expectation that when you're out there, you're going to give everything you got because there's an expectation that everyone's looking at you like, you know what? That camaraderie once again comes through and says, you know what? Your former military brother and sister, you need a, you need a, you need a skate. Don't dog that last shift. That's the difference. For sure. So, I mean, I mean, that's all incredible. So is there yeah. well, is there an A-level in that, um, the Warriors Hockey League? So is it a thing where you guys, if you win a national championship, you have to, you know, continue to progress? Or do you just stay, I mean, do you get reevaluated on a personal level, I guess, every year um, to do so? Well, the president of uh, the, the USA Warrior Disabled Program for USA Hockey, um, right now there is no – there is no bracket that I'm aware of that has a strict A-level play. Um, so what we're looking at, I think this is because of availability. You figure an A-level player probably came from a former D3, D1 type player or a junior level uh, program. And to find a lot of those guys and gals that have previously served, right. statistically, is not that many. Right. So – Right now, from what I'm seeing, we have a B and we have a C, and they even have a D level, but we're bringing the uh, D and the C together um, because of the availability of the uh, Wounded Warrior program. So we don't have an A just yet. Um, and yeah, that's where we're standing yeah, right now. We're I mean, you kind of mentioned that. It's, I mean, because yeah. if you are a service member, you're not going to go do the junior hockey route that a lot of kids will do straight out of high school. Yeah. So you're not going to. 
find that. Yeah, he, you have a couple. You have a couple of guys with former D three, a couple of D one guys that had seen from Michigan. Team Michigan's got quite a few good, good players, and they, you know, they served their four years, and uh, they, they served honorably, and they got out. You know, no problem. Or some of these guys got banged up pretty bad, but they did play hockey, a, 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 a collegiate level of hockey or ACHA level hockey at some point, or junior level. But that was only one or two. wasn't It wasn't a team per se. Gotcha. So we'll just uh, we'll we'll keep it quick here. We won't hold you too long. So I guess the last couple of things. I mean, where do you guys play out of? Uh, what, yeah. I guess what's your home rink, and then what all you guys have, you know, coming up throughout the rest of the summer, where the people can come out and see maybe some more charity games. I know you mentioned that yeah. tournament, but what do you all got lo- going on locally? Uh, the main arena that we skate out of, and, it, and the reason why we selected this arena is because we have to consider this as a national capital region. So, like myself, coming out of Southern Maryland, we have folks in Northern Maryland, uh, way out west part of Virginia. Virginia, and then all the way folks down from uh, down from Richmond, Virginia. So we had to pick a centrally located uh, arena that would accommodate for weekends. And ice time, as you know, is a commodity. So right, right now it's St. James, St. James in Springfield, oh, Virginia. Yeah, nice place beautiful place and they have accommodated for us for fantastic start times because not many folks want to come out at a 10 30 game on a saturday night or a sunday night to uh, watch a charity game so we have pretty good start times from anywhere between seven to eight o'clock we've had the uh, washington capitals um national anthem singer come out often okay. we have uh, yet yeah, we have very very uh influential uh senators congressional folks that have come out to do the ceremonial puck drop uh we've had uh obviously because we're the you know warrior program you're going to have your typical military folks come out so we'll have what we call flag officers or your general officers that come out to drop the puck so there's a lot of fanfare as far as the vips roll out to support us and you know that's a good crowd we're having about 100 or so people to come out to see it watch um they enjoy it and it's a clean game so when you we just played the coast guard and it was a it was a 2-2 game it was fun, um, but it was a competitive game. And what we have for the rest of the year, uh, we figure we have about uh, two practices every month, and we're lining up for uh, the Pittsburgh Warriors to come down here in November. Uh, we're going to try to do that over Veterans uh, Weekend, so see if we can line that up. And then, unfortunately, we're going to uh, Vegas, so we'll be out of pocket for October. So as far as our local area games, as far as exhibitions or charities, I think we're looking at pretty much for the month of September and November only. And September is still being decided right now. But we definitely have it on the books for November for the Pittsburgh uh, Warriors. And which, by the way, contrary to popular belief, um, the, <laughs> the Capitol Bellway Warriors and the Pittsburgh Warriors. Oh, don't tell me you get are, along. We get along fantastic. <laughs> Out of all teams, uh, that's great. We those are our best friends, and um, we look forward to them coming out, coming down here in, in November. That's awesome. We'll try to uh, try to get out there and kind of get some in person um, yeah. talking and some interviews with you guys going on. So I guess last thing I'll have you leave us with here is, I mean, tell everybody. I mean, where can they find you? I mean, your guys' website. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a Facebook page, uh, an Instagram, Twitter, anything like that. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I am not a I'm not a Twitter. I don't tweet often, <laughs> but we have a social media rep on our awesome. on our roster. The best way to to talk to the team is either via email, of course, on the website. But the best one right now, the one that's been the one's been the hot seller was the, was the Twitter. That's how you get in touch with the team. Right. Awesome. Well, perfect. Joey, again, we thank you very much for coming on. I mean, obviously, it's an incredible story, what you guys do and kind of what was built and put together. And um, like I said, we look forward to coming out to one of your games. And um, best of luck to you guys the rest of the year and especially in your next tournament. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Not a problem. Have a great one.
Yeah, all right, man. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right, thanks again to Joey uh, from the, the captain of the Capital Beltway Warriors hockey team for hopping on. Very awesome interview, very insightful, very cool story. We hope to get out there and see a couple of those charity games. So, boys, let's get into a couple of things real quick. We'll hit on some hometown, some local stuff going on. Uh, Bowie Ice Arena, our home barn. Uh, the city council reversed its decision on the ice arena, so that $21.7 million bid to build the ice arena is back on. So it's supposed to begin construction this fall, and the two-sheet, beautiful-looking facility will be completed by the end of 2020. Have you guys seen that? yet the pictures and whatnot have not seen I'm the not. pictures look it up good on it him is nice it. and it looks nice so good for our guys over there randy and derek and uh bill and all can't wait them. to be there and then um that's gonna be let's awesome try, uh let's try to get an adult league there that's what i'm saying it'd probably be a sweet one and if we honestly if we rolled up and we'd be like randy can we start an adult league and can we kind of like run it and he'd be like yeah hell I'm yeah man like, all right cool dude <laughs> yeah that'd be, that'd be dope start a, start a new adult league team and let's go to Bowie boys because screw laurel uh, so we also have our Hockey Night in Boston uh, festival going on right now. We have two two Capital District teams on up there. We're actually going to hold off on this right now because we'll get Coach Ben Hammock on next week, uh, the guy who put that all together and coaching those two teams, uh, to give us a recap of the tournament and all what all went into it and putting it together. And then, So the last thing we'll talk about local hockey-wise uh, is our boy Groves. He's on with us. And All right, our boy Gross is back on with us. Gross, what's happening, man? How you been? I've been good, man. Just hanging out and playing a lot of hockey in the summer here. A lot of roller, a lot of ice hockey, and, you know, losing some weight, getting in shape. It's fun, boys. Good to hear from you again. Good to be back. Heard that. Yeah, speaking of the roller hockey, we see you guys just got back from a little tournament out in Michigan. So what was that, the uh, North American Roller Hockey Championships? Yeah, so we went out to the Narch East Coast Finals, and we played in the Platinum Gold Division. And we ended up winning that with uh, a bunch of old guys who grew up in the Virginia area. We used to play Mad Dogs together. It was an elite roller hockey team back in the day. Put the team together, went out there, and we won ourselves a medal and had some great times up in Detroit. Yeah, it looks like you had a pretty solid squad. I saw you had Gordo on there, Cullen, Chucky was out there. So, yeah, Mad Dogs, uh, a little bit of a reunion there, Virginia-based uh roller hockey team so is that the top division uh out there outside of i guess the pro one they have yeah so yeah minus the pro it was the second division but it divided into playoffs into gold and platinum so platinum was the top four teams and gold was the rest of them i think six more so we didn't make platinum we played the first and second seed our first two games we weren't clicking. We lost by one, so we ended up in the gold division, and we just swept the rest of the games right through. And took it, home. Say, it looks like you pretty much uh, dusted everybody out there. What was the championship like? Eight nothing. Yeah, we merged the team in the championship. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. So, was there anything after that? Because, like you said, that was the East Coast Finals. They're like a national uh, championship. Or anything? Yeah. Yeah, so they have an East, they had an East Coast Pro Division championship going on the week before us. And then I know uh, the Baldwin brothers and Gordy is going out with them to California, Irvine, to play in the West Coast Finals, Hell which yeah. is Pro Division, which is just like that's the highest it gets really in roller hockey besides national team tournaments. There it is. So, yeah, that sounds like a damn good time. So where are we at? Taylor, Michigan? What all goes on up there? Is there anything fun? Or is that just a fun yeah, no, I mean, with not shit to do? Roller hockey, yeah. We went out to a few bars a few nights and, uh, yeah, had some fun with that. Yeah, that's probably a damn good time. So outside of that, how's the rest of everything going this summer? How's the Mason team looking? Any new uh, commits or anything, signings you can uh, break out to us? Yeah, 
Um, nothing we can announce yet, but we're still working on uh, finalizing a couple more players. Uh, kind of those last-minute things, just working on getting everything done. And yeah, we got our you know our guys skating in men's league, skating skill sessions, um, summer workout programs. So we're buzzing, ready to go for uh, what's it like two months away now, I think, for our first game. All right. Well, once you can start dropping that. That stuff will obviously uh, get you right back on. But, yeah, that road hockey tournament sounds like a damn good time. A little little mad dog team out there from Virginia getting the dub, just kind of, like you said, beating the wheels off everybody. So that's good stuff. So we appreciate you hopping back on. We'll uh, we'll get back with you here in the next uh, couple weeks, get you back down here, and let's start uh, working on some, some good stuff, some good content. Awesome. That sounds great, boys. Love it. All right, thanks again for hopping on. Gross, giving us a little update. Congrats on the tournament win. So, guys, another thing we missed, let's go over it. Uh, the Capitals announced their schedule for next season. So let's go over a couple bullet points here and some highlights. So our longest homestand of the season is a four-game run from February 2 to 10, uh, beginning with Super Bowl Sunday matinee against Pittsburgh. Uh, longest road trip of the season, five-gamer in October from the 20th to the 29th, a journey that includes their typical late October jaunt to Western Canada. Uh, booking by visits to Chicago on the way out and Toronto on the way home. Uh, Twelve sets of games on back-to-back nights. Uh, five of those are Friday-Saturday back-to-backs, and all five of those come in the season's first half. Uh, obviously, we're going to play again on Thanksgiving Eve. Um, Friday, November 30th through December 20th, the Caps will play seven of nine games on the road from January 10th to February January 5th to February 10th, the Caps will play 10 of 14 games at home. So there you go. We're coming out of the holidays, get some Caps tickets for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever the hell it is you celebrate. February 13th and March 9th, Washington will play 9 of 13 on the road. Um, Caps play 16 one-game road trips. Um, three of our four games versus Columbus are in December, playing in a span of eight games. So that's always fun. You play this same team three times in eight games. Yeah, end up hating either, each other. Yeah. So, uh, lone, set, lone set of home-and-home home games is against Winnipeg. Uh, Caps hosted Jets on February 25th and then head head north for the f- final Canadian road game of the campaign on February 28th. Um, there is one that I found very interesting. Here it is. Uh, we will play a dozen matinee games. Uh, four of them are against Pittsburgh, but Caps will be 52 games into the, r- the regular season before we finally face the Penguins for the first time on February 2nd. So, we don't play Pittsburgh till February 2nd. Wow. That's the Super Bowl, and then we play them four times in the span of twenty-three games. No, the Super Bowl. That's interesting. Eight. That'll uh, get us revved up for the playoffs. So these are the these are the series we'll be done with before we even play Pittsburgh once. Boston, Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Nashville, Calgary, Vancouver, Anaheim, and San Jose. That's before we even play um, Pittsburgh. Hopefully they're That'll really rev us up for the playoffs, I think. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. So, obviously, with that being said, boys, that's time. Or that means we can take a look at this schedule and look at some dates to hopefully host some uh, some watch parties, get huh? some chirping fans out. Yeah, yeah, so boy. our plan is to get a couple bars around the DMV area. We've already been talking to a few. Um, you know, in October, we've got a little Friday night game on the 18th versus the Rangers, 7 o'clock. Could be a good one. Uh, November. Be. November's loaded, Saturday the 9th versus Vegas, 7 p.m. Weekend after that, Saturday again versus Boston at 7 p.m. Uh, looking at December, we got a Saturday night versus Tampa Bay on the 21st. Um, let's see. Oh, January. First San Jose on Sunday the 5th at 12.30 p.m. 
Saturday the 18th versus the Islanders at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then February is a good one that we need to do some damn watch partying for. So Sunday the Saturday, 2nd. Saturday, 1 o'clock. Saturday, 1 o'clock game would be super tight. Yeah, that would be real cool versus the Islanders, <laughs> too. So we got a Saturday, 7 o'clock versus Philly uh, in February, a Sunday, 1230 versus Pittsburgh. Uh, but we also have this, A.B., March 7th, Saturday, 1 p.m. at Pittsburgh. Oh, man. So let's let's get all – let's get That'd all be a good one let's, there. Yeah, so like I said, guys, we'll start working on some dates and working with some bars, and we'll get you guys out, and we'll have some watch parties, and we'll have some specialty drinks. We'll be throwing out some swag, and we'll just have a damn good time. So we've been cruising long enough. Boys, anything else we want to add in or finish up with? No, I'm all good here. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, uh, we are talking about some free agent pickups earlier. Uh, the one interesting thought, uh, one that I thought was uh, pretty good was Jason Spezza for Toronto. Yes. He Very adds good in one. a little, yeah, he adds in a little bit of uh, veteran leadership there that uh, they lost in Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, he still got and, that. Yeah, that was a very under the radar pickup. Um, yeah, I think it's a good one. Yeah, I think, I think he'll fill in that third or fourth line, like third or fourth line role pretty well. I don't know. That's just my thought. So if you had to bet on it, um, who would your top three teams to finish in the Metropolitan to be next year? Because speaking of speaking of pickups too or losses, uh, Islanders uh, lost their goalies and they picked up Simeon Varlamov, former yeah. Capital. Oh yeah, really, really good that guy, really too. good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll go ahead and throw out my my three. I think it's going to be the Caps, the Penguins, and the Rangers. Mm, see, I can, I have the Caps going for what is a what would be, what would it be our fifth straight Metro Division title? And then I see like, um, I see New Jersey up there, I see the Rangers up there, I see New Jersey finishing better than Pittsburgh. I like I said, I don't think I like a lot what Pittsburgh has done. I think they barely made the playoffs with what was it four points last year. That's what they made yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, but you got to think Crosby and Malkin. Well, yeah, you got back, to. But you I mean, don't know how the chemistry is going to we'll go in New Jersey. I mean, Philly, That's a lot of players. Philly reloaded a bit too. Um, the Metro is going to be sick. Islanders coming off another good season. Uh, AB, what you got? If I had to bet top three, I'm going. I'm going Cavs, Pittsburgh, Philly, in no mm. order. Okay. Um, okay. I think I think you're right with the Devils. I think they might sneak into a wild card spot. Um, who who the fuck knows the Carolina? Like That's no true. one thought no they one could thought easily win like 25 games next year. Yeah, like, after what happened this year. Yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that both wild cards aren't Metro teams, also. Yeah, but I mean, no Atlantic team coming yeah. in. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I really see Florida. That's making what, a, well, I was going to mention that too, because then you have Florida, who could be causing some problems all year outside of your yeah. top three in the Atlantic so with Boston, you, Toronto, and Tampa. Yeah, yep, that's true. And if Buffalo can ever figure it out, they figured it oh, out. Oh, did you guys see that trade? Speaking of Buffalo, um, huh. they traded Nylander, the younger brother. Oh, to Chicago. Yep, yep, yep. Chicago got Shaw back. Yeah, I saw that also. They got Shaw back. So, yeah, there's a couple extra tidbits at the end there. But that's it for me, guys. If you don't have anything else, let's uh, get the heck out of here, and we'll see everybody next week. All right, boys. I'll see you next week. I'm about to go play some roller hockey with Kyle. Sure. See ya. Later. Peace. Peace. Peace